Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to Wood Talk Online with your hosts, Mark and Matt. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 14, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vanderlist. And I, you know, I'm really thrown off because you didn't throw one of those funky uh, woodworkers you know, for. I'm not going to force the genius. When the genius comes, then I'll put it out there. But I didn't have any, I didn't feel the mojo today, so I just didn't do anything. Oh, good, because my brain was on Fiesta, so that's a good thing. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let, I got one now. Ready? Okay. One more time. Ready? It's Welcome to Wood Talk Online, Episode 14, a podcast for woodworkers who read Harry Potter by woodworkers who read Harry Potter. I'm Mark Spagnolo. And I'm Matt Vanderlist, and those mudbloods are be getting in the way, Hermione. <laughs> nice. Yes, I do live in a, an imaginary world where I own a wand and I can cast spells on people. It's fantastic. That's right. I, I wish I had a little uh, magic wand so that way I would finish all my projects on time rather than just letting them sit in there. Finish finito. <laughs> That's right. And and put that new stain on. <laughs> yeah. If you so, if you did have magic, what what would you uh, use your magic for in the shop? What would be like the first thing you would do? Oh, um, get myself the best wood that I've ever dealt with so that I never have to deal with crappy wood again. Oh, there you go. Nice straight veins, you know, and then if there was beautiful figure, I would just simply be able to do anything with it without having to worry about tear out, none of that other stuff. Nice. You know, speaking of figured wood, we're getting completely off track and we haven't even started, but speaking (laughs) of uh, figured wood, I went to pick up some lumber uh, like yesterday and there, I was getting uh, some walnut and there was a uh, a stack of soft maple on the side and I noticed, and this is the kind of place that deals with mostly standard domestics, not really figured stuff or exotics, and I saw a gorgeous piece of curly maple just hanging out there with the rest of these other pieces of maple and I just knew that they would have no idea what they had <laughs> yeah. um, you know maybe the the guy who's sitting in the office who runs the place would probably know but the dude on the you know in the the lumber yard had no idea so i'm just you know very cash you know I'm like hey um why don't you just throw this board in there too i could use some extra maple and he's like you, oh. you want you want this one and it's all torn out and everything because you know it was very roughly planed but obviously anyone who's dealt with it knows that that what's lying underneath there 
So uh, he's like, yeah, sure. So I got a full like eight foot board, about seven inches wide, like heavily, heavily curly maple um, for like 17 bucks. Oh, you sly dog. You just... <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good score. I was excited. And I, you know, I don't consider it taking advantage. They, they are selling wood, and the person on the you know, floor should be aware of what they're selling. And, right, uh, yeah. You know what? That guy probably just lost his job with his, with his luck. Yeah. His you know, owner probably listens to the show and is like, oh, can you bring Fred in here right now? <laughs> you know, the thing <laughs> is, they, they deal with such a high you know, number. I'm actually like the peanuts kind of customer because I, I order such small quantities. They go by the pallet load you know in the truck load so um i don't even think they would do anything with it if they knew that that was there they would it would just be too much effort to to put it aside and sell it so oh yeah see i had uh, something similar to that I, I had bought some maple also maple seems to be the one and uh-huh. uh I, I got some tiger maple thrown and then it was some really beautiful stuff too and that, that was exactly the situation it was all loaded up in my truck or you know well, my van at the time and it was so funny because the guy who actually um he was the owner of this particular franchise and he's like uh-huh. wow look at that you ordered some tiger maple i'm like i did <laughs> I'm very uh, smart. Thank you. Yeah, and I already prepaid it, so you can't get me. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, so, now that we well, completely sidetracked, let's uh, throw out that contact info. Oh, yeah. We probably should get back there. People are wondering probably who we are. And mm-hmm. uh, you know who we are. We're the guys from Wood Talk Online. And if you want to get a hold of us because you have a comment, question, suggestion, maybe a, a similar wood story, mm-hmm. uh, preferably the fact that you haven't stolen it. You know, We don't really want to deal with crooks <laughs> unless you get us a really great deal, in which case yeah. we're completely open. But yep. if you want to get a hold of us you can contact us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com and you can even go over to the website at woodtalkonline.com and you can leave us a comment over there yep. and you can go from there we love getting emails from everybody we love uh, all your questions and i especially appreciate the comments where you tell us how great we are those those are my personal those favorites. are nice the ego stroking ones those are very nice absolutely i print those out and i put them all over my bedroom wall Did you show them to your wife be like look uh, somebody somebody likes me yeah, I don't know why. Somebody keeps going through and blacking them all out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, I don't know. Have you uh, have you been to the site lately? You know, I, I yes, I have. In fact, I thought I was at the wrong website. I don't know if anybody <laughs> else has noticed the big change. Mark, you you definitely have done wonders. Uh, it, it's it's amazing. It looks really awesome. I love the new look to it. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, obviously, Matt and I both have our own websites, and, and we put a lot of time and effort into them, and we've got a lot of emails to answer and whatnot, but we still love doing this show. And I don't think we had a site that was really doing the show any justice. Um, the site just kind of lived there, and I, I don't think people went there very often. The traffic wasn't that high. And I really wanted to kind of change that. I wanted to put a little effort into it, get a nice uh, template up there that makes it look like it's a, a new modern website uh, with a lot of good information other than just the show notes from Wood Talk Online. So mm-hmm. uh, what's there now is basically, it's more or less like a newspaper style theme so that when you go there, you see the lead articles and a few of the... Um, uh, older articles on the side and just, you know, some basic formatting stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we decided to do was expand the, you know, reach of what the site is actually intended to be. Yeah. Um, like I said, previously, it was, a, it was a placeholder for our show. It was a way for us to generate an RSS feed and create this audio podcast. Um, in the future, though, I want more content on the site. I want, it to be a, um, I want it to be its own thing, aside from Matt's Basement Workshop and aside from The Wood Whisperer. And uh, I think that's where we're headed. So what I am trying to do is create a collaborative blog between you know, somewhere between three to five uh, woodworkers who all contribute articles to this website. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's really just anything dealing 
dealing with woodworking, whether it's instructional, whether it's uh, just telling a story, an experience that you had that other people might be able to learn from uh, with a good mixture of professionals and uh, advanced hobbyists. And we'll, you know, put some interesting stuff up there. And of course, the highlight of it is going to be the podcast that you and I do. And a lot of what we'll do from now on, we'll be discussing some of the stories that appear on that site. So, um, yeah, we've got some really cool people on board, uh, friends of mine just that I've had some experiences with in the past that are incredible woodworkers and just incredibly funny and interesting people that have a lot of stories to tell. Um, and that is about it. And I think the show will then benefit from this because it'll give us a little bit more, you know, uh, just general content to just talk about and, and bounce back and forth. And, you know, hey, did you read that article? Hey, did you read that article? That type of thing. So Right. And I'll be like, no, what was that? You read it to me. <laughs> nope. Haven't read it. Haven't been there. Um, so the nothing's really changing in the sense of the site itself. It still would talk online. Uh, our podcast is still would talk online. But now the site would talk online is just taking on a much larger scope than what it did in the past. Sweet. So it's going to become more of a living entity, a breathing item. Yes, and uh, hopefully with any luck, with some of the little stuff that I've purchased recently, we should be able to start recording phone calls and whatnot and getting some interviews. And uh, I've got some people lined up that are just waiting for me to get my button gear and actually make it happen. So it, it can be very interesting. And I'm actually thinking possibly guest hosts. Ooh, I like that idea. That way I could take a vacation yeah. and not have to worry about it. <laughs> no, I, I was taking a vacation and you were going to do the hosting, but... Oh, yeah, um, that was it. <laughs> but, it, you know, it'll be cool. Vacation and watch the whole show go downhill right immediately. <laughs> yeah, nah, I think it would be fine, but um, it, it'll still be fun. I mean, we, we would have somebody just come in and, and I mean, because we don't really do anything that difficult necessarily it's just a conversation about stuff that's going on and any anybody who's into woodworking would be able to sit down and just have a good time with us so absolutely if people really knew how easy this show was we would have way more competition <laughs> wait I, sh I should have kept that thought in my head Possibly. this is so difficult to put together it's very very difficult <laughs> don't try this at home please that's um, right now you've got a little bit of exciting news for the <laughs> listeners right <laughs> yes i do um <laughs> Everybody, uh, I'm sure you. I actually um, heard from the. Uh, I, I'm so excited. About <laughs> it's, um, it's not the. It's not the Skype that's messing up. That's actually Matt stumbling on his words. That's right, and it happens quite a bit. Well, you guys <laughs> listen to the show, you know it does. But the fine folks over at Highland Woodworking contacted us, and they said, you know what, would any of your listeners be interested in receiving some free things? And I was like, well, I don't know about the listeners, but Mark and I definitely, you can just send it yeah. to us, and if we, if we think it's appropriate for them, we'll pass it on. There you go. <laughs> but uh, the fine folks over at Highland Woodworking uh, are very interested in giving away one free wood slicer resaw, uh, bandsaw blade, and this is a custom-sized bandsaw blade, to one lucky listener of uh, Wood Talk Online once a month. And so uh, I thought I'd pass that news on. So what we're going to do is I we actually have a email that you can uh, submit your entry. So that way we can keep the questions and everything separate. We know specifically what this one is for. So you can send, if you're interested at all in receiving free things, uh, especially like a bandsaw blade, um, <laughs> you can send it to WTO promo at gmail.com i'll make sure to put a link for this in the show notes so just in case you're like what did he say what was that <laughs> uh we, you'll find it there and we'll be able to get your name in and then i think we're going to hold off for about a month or so can so we can kind of build up the pool a little bit here so it's not just like two guys that get it in and then they're like i'm the winner oh. <laughs> right you know so we'll hold off for about a month or so and then that way we can get everything finalized we'll get the names in and then at that point we'll announce it and one lucky winner is going to win themselves a bandsaw blade 
that's that's awesome that's incredible big thank you to those guys for uh for helping us out with that because um you know those blades are not cheap and especially a good blade uh absolutely one of those things i hate plunking down that money for but it really makes a huge difference in your work when you got a nice sharp blade Oh, yeah, yeah, especially the, the, uh, I have had a chance to use this one, and I'm very, very happy. And I hate to say it, but my, my bandsaw is really, really underpowered, and this one actually made it work like um, like I bought it new, <laughs> like the machine new. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they say, though, that even like the small uh, benchtop, whatever, like the little 10 or 12-inch size models, um, you know, putting a really high-quality blade in there just makes a world of difference in terms of, you know, you don't necessarily need that full horsepower um, oh, to, yeah. to really slice down uh, some really large pieces of lumber. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, a really sharp blade, definitely. That's, that's, that's an awesome deal. Now, I don't want to confuse the issue, but there is another contest that's going on. Um, this actually is, is one that's more or less for the Wood Whisperer, but I want to make sure I share it with uh, our audience here. Um, Ooh, share, 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 please. Yeah, it's just a very simple giveaway. Again, you know, nothing tricky. We're not going to make you uh, send us videos of, of your you dancing, but if you want to, you can. Wait. Um, oh, okay. I, oh, but oh, I thought you meant me dancing. Not you, I'm like, not you, Matt. Oh, okay. You already <laughs> sent me those. Um, okay. Well, this Sorry one is that. actually... <laughs> this one is actually going to be three winners. There's three prizes. Uh it's it's pretty straightforward. Same idea. Just send us an email um, instead of the WTO promo, which was for the bandsaw blade. This is TWW promo for the Wood Whisperer promo at gmail.com. Okay, so send us an email. Let us know you want to be in the uh, contest and you're entered. The three uh, little prizes that we have... Two are actually from our uh, good friends at Irwin, and I'm sure you guys are very familiar with Irwin's products, the Vice Grip products and the Quick Grip uh, clamps that I love so much, the the new XPs. Those are awesome. Oh, yeah. um, but Irwin has started to uh, to send me new products whenever they release them, and I just contacted them and said, hey, why don't you send me two? And, you know, I'll keep one for myself because I'm <laughs> greedy like that. And uh, we'll give the other one to uh, to a listener, and that's exactly what they're doing. So I've got one of those really cool uh, adjustable wrenches that, you know, it's kind of like a traditional one, except for it's free sliding back and forth. So you can quickly, um, you know, adjust it to whatever size you need by pulling a little tab up and then pushing it back down. It's it's Ooh, a nice. really cool rubber grip and everything. It's awesome. Um, also, they sent this to me a while back and I just didn't know what to do with it. It's the biggest friggin' chalk line I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's actually like a clothes hanger. It's got, like, you know, like you would put for your clothes in the backyard. Okay. Um, it's a really, really thick string with a huge ring on it. And this, I mean, this thing is massive. It's like industrial. But, oh, um, somebody hopefully will have a use for it but it and it has you know i got a bunch of chalk that came with it it's awesome but i don't think i'm going to be putting up any skyscrapers anytime soon so anyone that <laughs> anyone that will and who's snapping chalk lines for framing and things like that you'll probably get some good use out of this um and the last thing is this badass powermatic uh die cash truck that they were giving away um with uh, some of their larger equipment purchases in the past year. Um, so it's all black. You know, it's definitely one of those things that will bring out the kid in you uh, oh. when you got this. I know which one you're talking about because I was yeah. recently at a woodcraft store and they, they had something like that on display and Aiden kept going, Dad, you got to buy the saw. I want the truck. And I'm like, well, yeah, talk to Mom about that. Yeah, it's like their limited edition anniversary truck, whatever, but it's really, really cool. So I'm going to have a little video on this on the Wood Whisperer so people can actually see these items, but that's just another little promo. Another one of those things that Matt and I do uh, because we love you guys. 
That's right. We love you. And don't forget it. We love you. We won't hurt you. Well, unless you hurt us. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you catch another show, we'll hurt you. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we've got Sweet. a couple more topics to hit real quick. Obviously, the big uh, AWFS show just happened last week. And we got back, and uh, it was in Vegas, and uh, not much of a gambler, so I came back with all my money. Um, Mm -hmm. The show itself was pretty darn awesome. I mean, we still have some podcasts and and videos coming out um, showing some of the things that happened at the show, but uh, got to see some cool people, got some interviews, um, and really got to see some awesome products. Now, have you heard any of the buzz or anything surrounding the Steel City uh, granite tops that were shown off there? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to talk to you because I'm still so damn jealous about this whole thing about you getting to go with me. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, you know, I heard a rumor about these granite tops, and yeah. they, that just—it's so funny. Because when I'm thinking of granite top, I'm, I'm still thinking kitchen counters. That's but, what most people think of. <laughs> yeah, and I have a hard time imagining this. You know, like this, like decorative granite in there or something. I'm assuming it's not probably like you know, you know, it has all these uh, checks in it or the, the the white lines or stuff. Right. But, um, the, the idea sounds really intriguing to me because I mean, what granite? It's it's pretty much a dead-on surface once you get it set up. I mean, that yeah. just... Well, and I think that's what they're going for. I mean, most uh, metal shops, you know, metal fabrication shops have... Uh, they've got these big, giant granite tables that they use for, for reference. And, you know, once they're flat, they stay flat. And that that's awesome. That's all very cool. So they decided to say, you know, why don't we apply this to, uh, you know, to our, our power tool uh, machines, you know? And nice. Yeah, and it's definitely an interesting idea. Now, I don't, I'm not going to even pretend to know anything about the longevity of something like that and how well it will, you know, work in the long run. But I applaud them for doing something different, you know, and, and a new company like this obviously has to do something different to pull out uh, of the pack and actually make themselves something to, you know, a contender in the industry. Right. So it sounds pretty cool. I mean, I've talked to another, a few other industry pros that don't necessarily think it's a great idea. I mean, you can't just uh tap it or anything and throw screws into it or whatever you might do with a cast iron top um the other question that i have about it is if i have a cast iron top with a little bit of a dip in it versus um a granite top that's dead flat am i really really gonna be a better woodworker because i've got a granite top um i mean the thing is the cast iron is pretty darn accurate these days and and comes out pretty good that i don't really think that a granite top is going to make one bit of difference in anybody's work quality but right. it, you know if you're that much of a perfectionist and you like to make sure you've got zero uh you know dips or grooves or anything in your in your table saw top then it's a you know not a bad idea so yeah, they're actually yeah. go ahead go ahead oh i was going to say you know the the one thing i dicely have in, in my head is the uh well i could definitely start using those granite surfaces now for making sure that my hand planes are dead flat when i'm lapping them well that's um, true too yeah. yeah but the one thing i keep i'm trying to imagine though is how heavy are these things i mean that's that's really the issue they are they are very heavy from what i understand and um you know the other thing is they're <clears throat> they're should be pretty expensive but they only from what i heard increase the price by about fifty dollars to get that mm-hmm. top on it so the company's eating the cost somewhere and who knows how long they can maintain that price point Maybe they're trying to go for that little dip between, like, you know, the husband who wants the new tools, but the wife that wants the kitchen redone. So it's like, well, honey, I got the granite topped tools. We can eat <laughs> off that until we get around to the there other one. <laughs> or, or it's just an excuse to keep your table saw in the kitchen. Right. Oh, there you go. That yeah. would work too. Now, Imagine they, uh, cutting the, the turkey with that. <laughs> there you go. That would be great. Uh, they also have the uh, their bandsaw has one of the tables on it. 
and uh, the jointer fence they've they've released now has it. Now, for me personally, I actually would spend money to get a dead flat uh, jointer fence. I don't think I've ever had a jointer fence that was perfectly flat all the way across its length. So that would be a nice treat. But right. Uh, like I said, it's it's cool that they're doing it, but who knows what the longevity is. We'll have to see. Yeah, now, no kidding. The other thing that was a real common uh, thing, and if you just read on the blogs out there and whoever's reporting on the show, these these are all pretty much the common things that are out there. But um, the the sort of uh, the riving knife revolution that's out right now. Oh, yeah. um, for those of you who don't know, a riving knife is basically a variation of this what we're you know usually referring to as a splitter um, that stops the workpiece from from you know coming back into the back of the blade and causing a kickback. The primary difference between the regular splitter and a riving knife is that the riving knife stays at the height of the blade, so you don't have to remove it uh, when you're doing something that's uh, not a through cut. So if you're cutting dados or something along that lines or just grooves, you don't have to remove the riving knife, so you still gain you know the benefit and you don't have a ch- you know that significant chance of kickback. So very cool thing, very popular in Europe, and it just started showing up here in the U.S. I believe uh, Powermatic uh, PM2000 has it, and their new Jetsaw has it. Uh, Sawstop, I believe, comes with a riving knife. Yep. And now yeah. a few of the new models, I believe, by DeWalt and Bosch also have them. So, you know, you look into it a little deeper and then you find out, well, part of the reason here is not just uh, customer influence, but there's a, a new UL um, mandate on these products that... Ah. The, yeah, see, I mean, they don't do this because they're being nice, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. the, okay, fine. Our arm is twisted. We'll put it on there. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, it, and it's always been like that. It's it seems like it would be in their best interest to provide a safer product. Uh, the problem is all the existing ones are so inconvenient, so bulky, and just you know they're just crappy. That, they are, you know, and it's a pain in the butt to take it off and put it back on, and that's why people don't put it back on, and we wind up with all these safety issues. So. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a uh, mandate that says that all uh, new products, anything coming out that's new, has to conform to this, uh, you know, I, guess, I don't know the exact, uh, uh, you know, wording in the, the mandate itself, but basically have riving knives by 2008 on all new products. So all the new ones you're seeing coming out now will probably have the riving knife in them. Uh, existing models have to be converted over by 2010. So saws oh, wow. like the you know the PM66 and the Delta Unisaw and all these you know old favorites um, will have to be switched over. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, retrofit those saws for this uh, you know what I guess what you could say is newer or uh, more unusual technology <laughs> yeah. uh, than than what we're used to. I could just do that one now. Uh, somewhere out there, somebody's going to be like, no, this is one of the earlier models. Well, how can you tell? Um, see the blood stains from the guy who took the safety devices off? <laughs> exactly. That's how we know that that's a uh, retrofitted one. Oh, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> no. And uh, the, you know, the other thing that'll be good is, you know, very soon someone's going to be producing a standalone aftermarket riving knife, um, kind of like the, the Biesemeyer splitter is one of, one of the favorites that goes in. But it's always hard to find one that fits your saw and things like that. So if oh, somebody yeah. made a nice universal or close to universal aftermarket riving knife, that would be super sweet. Absolutely, yeah. See, that's my, the saw I have, it, it's so old that um, 
get it, I don't if it came with a uh, safety device. My grandfather threw it away a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I was able to retrofit one one at one point, but that one was such a pain to get that on there. And yeah. that's one of the things that it's that I I think that's one of the things I've been thinking about a lot lately is when I go to get replace my uh, table saw. And that's one thing I do want is a riving knife more than anything else because of that convenience factor. Sure, you know it just goes up and down like you said, and, it, and you don't have to worry even if you don't want to use the those over the top blade guard thingies. Just that riving knife alone is just yeah. you know uh, if you've ever dealt with kickback whoo that's a scary thing yeah and i mean there's guys who do it all the time so they're used to it but um anytime i use a saw that doesn't have a splitter on it i just i don't know i, I guess i'm a little bit gun shy about yeah. it you know <laughs> and i've done it and i've worked in shops that haven't had splitters and that's just the way things go and you you, you can get used to it but truthfully it's something i don't want to get used to Right. You know, I want that little bit of uh, respectful fear that that thing's going to fly back in my face. It just makes me that much more aware of what's going on. So, oh man, that reminds me. Have you? I don't know how much you watch like HGTV or anything like that. There was, which one? There's a one of their design shows that they have where it's like uh-huh. the competition between designers. One night, my wife and I are sitting on the couch, and uh, I was. D- dutifully working on uh, one of the shows for uh, for all you fine listeners. There you go. <laughs> and um, there was a it was a preview for one of the shows, and there's actually a scene where one of the one of the people are working with a table saw, and they've got the um, the the wood between the blade and the fence, but they're pushing on the other side, and they just totally there's nothing there to stop it when the the blade makes the the whole cut, and you see this thing go flying by. And my wife's like, "Holy crap! Did you see that?" I'm like, "What?" So she describes to me. I'm like, "Yeah, I've seen." And then you want to go downstairs? I'll show you what it looks like right now. <laughs> we can play around with it. <laughs> now, wait. They were you know. intentionally pushing from the outfeed side? Apparently, whoever this person was, yeah, that's what they were doing. It looked like it was probably one of these design persons that's in the show. Like they was, thought that's how it was done? Yeah. Yeah, like they had to hold on to the side that, yeah, that wasn't between the the blade and the fence. Yeah, I'm like, that, who's the idiot? Seriously, wow. that could have been one of the carpenters that was doing it. If it was, they got to boot that person. Ooh, that's but, scary. Uh, yeah, you know, thankfully nobody was standing behind them because, I mean, those things take off like projectiles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some scary things that happen. I've seen pictures of guys with, they've got that little strip of wood that they were cutting that's actually through their garage door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it just uh, poked a hole through the door. It's like, oh, that that's lovely. Imagine yeah. your stomach being in the way of that. But yeah. So, yeah, be safe. And now the government's getting involved. So clearly, you know. The you splitters, don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the splitters are a big deal. And, and the good thing about these new ones is usually they're easier to remove and put back. And that's, that's really the key to the safety aspect. Absolutely. All right. Sweet. So what else was going on at the wood show? Well, the, the other big thing was really the people. Um, I was actually able to meet some of our uh, fellow woodworkers and, you know, some of the real big deal guys, at least to me. I even wrote a post about what it's like to meet you know, these guys that I, I consider heroes of mine, and I sort of idolize them, and, and they're just regular people who don't see themselves as doing anything special, but, you know, they've been a huge influence to me in my career, and it's, you know, very cool and exciting to meet them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, a couple of the highlights, we got a exclusive interview with David Marks and uh, his wife, Victoria. And Congratulations. Yes, thank you, thank you. That'll be coming, uh, I don't know, probably in another week or so, we'll put out... Uh, that interview on the Wood Whisper, so that should be very cool. Um, I actually got to meet and uh, chat real quick with uh, Chris Schwartz and uh, Glenn Huey. So those guys are with Popular Woodworking, and um, 
uh, Chris has an awesome blog. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well, but I have a link on my website too. Oh, yeah. um, very cool blog. And he just, his approach and his style and, you know, he pays a, you know, very close attention to traditional details and things like that. He's just a, a good, a good website to read. I would definitely check it out. Absolutely. And, uh, Glenn Huey, he's got a bunch of DVDs and he's, he's a big wig over there at Poplar Woodworking now. So, um, meeting those guys was really, really cool. Um, but, 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 oh yeah, I got the address right here real quick. It's, uh, Chris's, um, blog is woodworking-magazine.com slash blog. Now right. they've also got that. Uh, isn't that the advertising free, um, magazine that they have, the woodworking magazine? Um, yeah, that, well, that, yeah, that's where the, the blog is actually at is over there. And then, yeah, it, but the, the, uh, the website you gave goes right directly to his blog, but yeah, okay. that's the one you can get into. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a really neat magazine, especially if you are into, uh, hand tools, if you really like them, Chris Schwartz, I, I've mentioned over and over how he's a, he's a huge influence for me. Cause he's kind of the one that gave me the confidence to really kind of get down there and try actually sharpening my blades for the, my hand plane blades, my chisel blades by myself, not taking him to a shop or anything the first time. Right. Um, I think it's at the point now that I've, I've written him enough times. That I think I'm on his spam filter now, which is just <laughs> <laughs> see this name. Do not reply. <laughs> Oh man, I actually did email him uh, once or twice myself, so maybe I'm on that list too. But you know, now he's yeah. he's a pretty cool guy. He's always been responsive and uh, accessible. You know, he yeah. doesn't he's not uh, you know just one of those aloof characters, but he's he's a good dude. Yeah, and in case he's listening, actually, Chris, you haven't put me on. You've always responded to my emails, and I thank you. I'll be sending you more. <laughs> yeah, and if we're lucky, as we start doing some interviews, I think he's probably going to be one of my my first victims that I'm going to try and get on the show. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a sweet. promise. Oh, sweet. <laughs> All right. So the uh, other exciting thing, not to uh, to downplay this because this was a huge deal, was uh, getting a chance to meet the one and only Norm Abram. Uh, Were yeah. there lights and, like, halos when you first, like, you know, you, you, you met him? Actually, I don't remember much of it because I fainted. <laughs> no, just kidding. I was wondering, one picture that they have of the two of you, it looked like somebody was holding you up. Was that Nicole kind of propping yeah, you up? Nicole's <laughs> propping me up. I said, ooh, I'm so, ooh. I feel like it's very hot in here. But yeah, it was it was awesome. It was really, really cool. We, the funny thing was we're walking by, and I'm not one of those people who likes to stand in line to meet people. I think... I don't know. I just I think I get nervous when I stand in line for a uh -huh. long time, and then I go up there and like, hey, how you doing? I'm a big fan, you know. Like, I, I I have a problem if I can't separate myself from the hundred other people that are standing in line, which is probably my personal issue, and I should see a therapist about it. But um, if I can't make a difference and I can't, you know, sort of stand out, I just it's like eh, I don't want to be one of the masses to this guy. Right. So Nicole, on the other hand, is you know. Uh, she definitely keeps me on track. So I'm like, you know, I just want to go to lunch. Let's just go to lunch. Forget about it. And she's like, no, we're going. So she pulls me over there. We get in line. And I'm like, all right, well, you got to talk to him first. I don't, you know. <laughs> but the funny thing is, here's this guy being me um, who has his own, you know, video podcast. I clearly don't mind making a fool out of myself. I can be pretty outspoken, you know, when I need to be. I speak in public. I'm, in, I'm there to do, you know, demos for Festool in front of, you know, who knows how many people, and right. I'm shy going to meet <laughs> yeah. Norm. So well, see, I was just going to ask him, like, when you're standing in line, were you rehearsing what you're going to say? Hi, hi, I'm, I'm Mark uh, Spagnolo, and I have yeah, a like, popular woodworking show. <laughs> hi, Norm, this is Mark. Ah, oh, it's, it's stupid. Hey, Norm, what's up? No, yeah, I was, it was, yeah, the funny thing was, 
fortunately when Nicole there, she goes up, says hi, and introduces us, and that she sort of sets it up, and I knock it down. So we make a pretty good team. <laughs> but she she went up there and was like, you know, introduced herself, and we told them who we were and where we were from, like you know what our involvement with the show. And uh, believe it or not, he said that he's actually been to the site and knew who we were. Which wow. was pretty amazing. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my. But, but imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, I will qualify that by saying he said, oh, yeah, I've, I've been to your site uh, once. <laughs> oh, <so. laughs> oh, in that case, I'm out of here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll settle. You know what? From Norm, I'll settle for once. Once is good enough for me. But uh, we proceeded to give him a T-shirt and, uh, you know, shook his hand, took a picture, a little photo op. And uh, he was just a pretty cool dude. He was just uh, describing what they're doing um, on the new Yankee workshop. And because we're on the subject of video, seemed to be a topic he was interested in. Uh, he was telling us about, you know, just their debates on whether or not to put the new Yankee workshop videos online and, and the difficulty of transferring that to a digital format for the web, things like that. But he was clearly intrigued. But um, the one thing I would say that impressed me the most is, I mean, he spent like four to five minutes chatting with Nicole and I. Wow. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like we were the only ones. He did spend a significant amount of time, even though there's a line of like 30 or 40 people. Um, you know, he actually sat there and spent some time to chat with each person, which, you know. That's really outstanding because, yeah, most people have just become, yeah, oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my time is. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know what? His time is valuable. He's he's one yep. of the, the most popular, you know, generically popular woodworkers out there. So. Yeah, I mean, that's how I'm going to be when we have a table set up and people come up to meet us. You can talk to them as much as you want to. I'm going to be like, can you hurry up? Come on, hurry up. That's $5. <laughs> you, you, should sit, you should be sitting in the back in like a glass case where people can just look at you, but they can't touch you. <laughs> It'll be like that one kid, unfortunately, who's very ill. I'd be like, I just want your autograph. That's five bucks, kid. Uh, here, five. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if you're sick. It's $5 for everybody. That's so, right. We'll so that, that was an uh, incredible experience. So if anybody hasn't seen it, uh, our most recent... Um, Wood Whisper episode actually shows that that whole thing at the show. So wow, that is awesome though. <laughs> pretty darn cool, dude. Sweet. There you go. Right. So that, that's my little report from the show on location. Okay, well, back in the studio now. We'll move on to <laughs> back to you, Matt. 
<laughs> All right. Well, now that you know, I'm still stewing in my own anger right now and not being able to go out there because none of you listeners sent me enough. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. I, I have decided, and some people have asked me about it. I'm like, you know what? The next time the opportunity comes up, I'm leaving. The family, you know what? They can take care of themselves. I'm heading out to see everybody and, and have fun and, and talk yep. to a few people and just uh, make a complete fool of myself. I will sleep <laughs> on park benches if necessary. <laughs> there you go. You got to do what you got to do, man. So, all right, man. Well, speaking of what we got to do, we probably should head into uh, some listener voicemails and maybe a couple of emails if we have time. And uh, I say we do the voicemails first because sure. um, I like those. Yeah, let's do it. Um, cool. So let's see here. Who do we have up first? Kaleo. Kaleo. And uh, this actually was from last week. We didn't have time to get to it. That's so. right. This is poor Kaleo. Who we cut him off at the last minute. We're like, we're going to go to Kaleo? No, we're going to Kaleo. Yep. No time for Kaleo. But we have time today, so uh, let's hear what he's got to say. All right. Uh, good day, boys. This is Kaleo uh, coming to you from Tasmania, Australia at the moment. Originally from the Washington, D.C. area. But I'm over here doing uh, some schooling at the Australian School of Fine Furniture. Uh, a couple episodes back, you guys talked a little bit about uh, different schools, and I would uh, highly recommend the Australian School of Fine Furniture to any of those that are adventurous enough to leave the States and and have an adventure somewhere else. Uh, really good program, two-year program in design and furniture making, but that's not why I am leaving the message. I recently had some really hands-on time with the, the Festool Domino and also recently just watched Mark your uh, episode 20 on that step stool you made with the domino and was really wondering uh, how it turned out, how the, the through tenons turned out. Because um, I know the domino is made of beach, I think, uh, compressed beach, uh, like a biscuit. And just really wondered how they oiled up or how it looks finished, uh, if you wedged them or anything like that. So uh, be really interested in hearing how that looked. Also interested in seeing. Uh, Festool probably make some different species timbers, uh, dominoes, so that they could expose, be exposed if it doesn't turn out like you hope they turn out. Um, so let me know. I'll be listening uh, to your great podcast, the great show you guys do. Um, so thanks a lot for all that you do and the good shows. Talk to you later. After all that, he misses that last part of his later. He couldn't get the whole later out. Man, that sounds like every voicemail I've ever sent anybody. Yes, I'll be... <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. I think it just hit the button too fast. But I'm getting a special note from my handy assistant, Nicole. What do you want? I need you to make sure. She wants me to make sure that anyone who uh, emails us for the contest puts the word contest in the subject line so that we can classify their email and organize our inbox. Ooh, and if I didn't say that, she would be very mad at me and I wouldn't have I wouldn't get my corn dog for dinner. Oh, nice job there. <laughs> she's, ma she's making. Are you making corn dogs for dinner? This is the first time we're doing this like free format, like who cares kind of attitude show. This is kind of fun. <laughs> I want my corn dog. You know what's funny? I don't even like corn dogs. Ooh. ooh anyway, in that case, start <laughs> scratching the fridge. <laughs> so uh, wait, don't we have a voicemail that we just got? Yeah, Before, once again, we poor left left poor Kaleo kind of hanging there. <laughs> and let's just let's just not answer the the voicemail. Forget it. Yeah, we're um, good. Kaleo's, Kaleo actually did a great uh, shop tour, if I remember correctly. Um, it just sounds like I, I know when I went and worked with David, it was 
it's such a great experience, and it reminded me, I don't know, it gave me that kind of college feel, like when I'm in college and the only thing you have to worry about is your studies. You know, mm-hmm. there's really, or maybe you got a job or something. But um, I know when I went to, to hang out with uh, with David up there, just the experience of being in an unknown place and focusing on woodworking completely and totally, uh, just learning everything I could and being anxious to get there first thing in the morning and stay as late as I could at night. That sort of experience, and it sounds like that's kind of what Kaleo's got out there. He's in Australia. He's from, I think he said, what, the D.C. area? Yep, yeah, the D.C. area. Yep. And he's, yeah, he's in furniture school, and it's just like, God, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, I would love to do something like that. That's that's you know, it's another case where. No, I was going to make a bad comment about being married, but I'm, I'm kidding. My wife lets me get away with a lot with yeah. when it comes to this woodworking stuff. So I, I, I can't watch, complain. I'd watch it because she could hit you with those corn dogs and all. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's <laughs> sitting right behind me, so she could very well throw anything at my head. Uh, but anywho, um, to answer some of uh, his questions, first of all, they um, the festival does make dominoes in one other species right now and i do believe in the future they will be making various species but this other one is purely for outdoor furniture so it's a little bit more of an outdoor resistant type material not necessarily just for the sake of having different colored wood which is kind of what he's referring to Mm -hmm. i hope that they do because i think that would be great but what i was setting out to do was seeing how good do these look the, the the beach ones how good do they look when they're exposed and through something that they were probably not necessarily intended to do and um, they turned out great. The the bottom line is it is end grain, so it will pick up and absorb oil and, and darken more uh, than the face grain of the wood you're working with. Of course, it depends on what wood you're working with. So if you're using a light maple or something like that, it really does come out nice. And if you've got a really dark wood, it'll be a little bit lighter. So okay. it, it doesn't necessarily look any different than if it were just a little you know standard square piece of solid uh, through tenon. Mm-hmm. So it turned out pretty good. The project on the whole... I was only able to get one other bench done and what, or one other step stool done at the show. It wasn't even a complete step stool. It was like 99% there. It just it was not feasible, you know, within the context of what I was trying to do there with the <laughs> demonstrations. But the actual construction method, those angles, everything went really well and probably something that I would not have tackled um, in that time frame if I didn't have uh, the domino to do that. So okay. I was pretty impressed with it and I, I really enjoyed the process and um, I'm using it again for this uh, little cabinet that I'm building now. I just couldn't be happier with it. It's a, it's a great tool. Sweet. Um, and did, did he ask anything else? I think that was it, right? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Just uh, I think he'd mentioned something about taking the adventure, the plunge to head to like, you know, yeah. someplace far away. Yeah, we'll have to uh, put a link to that school too. And, and if I can remember, uh, we'll put a link to his video. And actually that video was up on lumberjocks.com. Okay. Uh, for the the shop tour contest, so he actually showed the school. It was pretty pretty darn cool. Sweet, yeah. That, I would love to do something like that. That's kind of what I did when I moved over here. Wait, no, that had more to do with getting away from the law. But anyways, though, uh, <laughs> you're still on the run, Matt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, Matt's not my real name, but <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. um, moving on to the next. Uh, yes, please. Next let's do it. Before the the authorities come. Uh, this one is from Barry, and he's got a question concerning casters. Ooh. Hi, this is Barry W. in uh, South Dakota. I've got a question for you. Uh, I have most of my shop on portable wheels, casters, uh, and I just got a 17-inch grizzly bandsaw and an 8-inch grizzly jointer, and I just wanted to know what your thoughts are about 
putting those two big pieces of equipment on uh, caster systems, and uh, what do you think ought to be done? Okay. Well, oh. thank you, Barry, for that voicemail. Yep. Uh, I'll let you go first, Matt, and then I'll chime okay. in afterwards. Okay. I, well, Barry, I, have, I, I love tools with casters simply because being in a small shop, and I think this and this is probably even true for a larger shop, the, the ability to actually be able to move your tools around when you need to so you can have more floor space. Say perhaps you're working on a much larger project. You know, floor space in any shop, no matter what size, is valuable. True. I really don't have a problem with putting uh, casters on larger tools. Maybe this because I don't have larger tools, but <laughs> really I, I think if they're set up the right way and you're using the proper, the, the, the proper size and and you know the proper configuration for the casters because from what I've seen from most caster systems that you can get aftermarket ones or even in the case of Grizzly I know that they they do sell for a lot of their tools um, a caster system specifically for it technically I think it's actually an aftermarket one that they kind of just tweak a little bit to put their uh, work label with on it. Or, yeah something Ex- like that. yeah exactly it's it's open to you know the grocery store buys coffee and puts it in their own name it's the same stuff as the uh, name brand from what I've been told but um, essentially I, I I love the idea of using casters and i don't see why you really couldn't use them uh for your larger tools um again it, it really depends on your shop size and uh, the convenience factor for you and uh, that's that's really my, my my opinion about it yeah i think if you're right on track there i think it depends on how much bottom line how much do you think you're going to need to move it mm-hmm. uh, if you think you're going to need to move it ever in the next five years you know that can be a really great thing. Um, you'll be thanking yourself when you go to move it, and it's already on casters. If it's <laughs> yeah. not, you know, it just becomes it's just a dangerous, scary day if you've got to move that stuff around. Um, and I found that out the hard way. So now, Ooh. when I got some of my newer tools, I also have an eight-inch joiner and a large bandsaw. I made sure to put them on uh, casters. The thing is, on certain tools. It's not the greatest thing, but it's it, you know it's something I'm willing to deal with for the sake of having that mobility if and when I need it. Uh, for instance, the bandsaw, that one is actually pretty stable. I don't feel like it's any less stable than if it were sitting directly on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, well, as far as stability goes, same thing with the jointer. The problem is, when I join a board, I get pretty up close to the machine and if you've got those you know big honking wheels on a caster system uh down at the the base you actually will trip over them and i've I've done it a number of times now tripping over something in front of your joiner is probably not a great idea so (laughs) i I think it's more of a safety concern than than so much the convenience but again i'm learning to live with it and, and stepping around it and being much more aware of it because one day I will need to move that joiner and it's going to be really nice when all I have to do is, you know, push it around. Now, something like, you know, it depends on the type of stand he's talking about, but something like a bandsaw could, even though mine feels pretty stable because it's really heavy, could potentially be a little bit unstable. Yeah. yeah, and it might move a little bit if you're putting some really big, you know, pieces of... uh lumber on there so just be aware of that and if you don't absolutely need it if you can move it some other way that's convenient and safe then don't do the casters especially for a top excuse me a top heavy tool right yeah um but you know again if you are going to move it if you have a small shop and mobility is a concern then go for it definitely it's going to make your life a lot easier 
Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, and, and one thing along with it, with the with the casters, make sure that if you are going to go with an aftermarket one, if it's not one that's already built in or one that the manufacturer can specifically get for you, the, the usually if I remember right, a lot of them are rated for specific sizes, uh, specific weights, and yeah. obviously if you have a really big machine, you don't want one that's like more or less just sort of for like you know a little bench top model kind of a thing because not only are you going to ruin the the casters, but more importantly, you could potentially ruin the machine. And like you said, it could be really rocky. And the last thing you want is, you know, some piece of crap caster, you know, really messing up your really not crappy uh, tool. <laughs> and sure, now yeah. it comes to crappy, I guess. Yeah, and I would say if you do, if you can get one that is, you know, branded by that company, unless you absolutely know what they actually used and just rebranded it for their own purposes, unless you can find that exact model, I would just go with the ones that they offer, even if it's a little more expensive, just because sometimes that nice form-fitting size, you know, for instance, the one for my jointer, I actually have the Powermatic one because it's got that curved front. Trying to get that in another brand, I would have even more of a problem with the base sticking out too far if it was just a rectangular base. So, And it's also one piece instead of like a multi-piece thing, you know, one-size-fits-all sort of deal. So, you know, if you can get the one that's branded for that particular tool, it probably will be more stable and safer. Sweet. Uh, my last piece of advice is if you don't want to go with the casters, then I say start bulking it up and quit being such a girly man. Yeah, get to the gym so you can just lift the damn thing and carry it over. That's right. I put the blade over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move the joint over there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I tried to do and almost uh, dropped the jointer off of the back of the moving truck. But <laughs> Ooh. that's another story. Anyway, all right, so we've got uh, we've got some emails now. Oh, okay. All right, let's see. Who do we have the first one from? Roberto. All right. Has he emailed us in the past? I believe Roberto has. Has he used up his his uh, his quota yet? Um, I think this might be his last one. We're going to have okay. to let you, Roberto, there's going to be a, a cooling off period for right now. <laughs> cooling off period. <laughs> but continue to send one. in the messages. <laughs> yes, please. All right. He says, hey, fellas, I came across this video on YouTube, and the address is youtube.com, watch question mark, VXM. W X Y. I'm kidding. Actually, that is the address, but I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. I was going to um, say, holy coders! <laughs> <laughs> but if uh, if you go to YouTube and search for woodworking together, uh, there is a video up there, and that's the one that he's referring to. Okay. He says, according to the video, it's a new woodworking show coming in January 2008. It's hosted by a woman. What? what? Can you believe that? Oh my is God! That ri- ridiculous or what? Oh my God! And that was a joke. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. He says, do you guys think it'll be as good as Yankee or Woodworks uh, or, of course, Basement Workshop or Whisperer? I only ask because the majority of woodworkers are men. Uh, Not sure how many women are that, quote-unquote, into woodworking. Roberto. Now, aside from the fact that he's going to get me lots of hate mail from uh, our women listeners... Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, putting together an email right now to apologize to all of them. <laughs> well, both both of them actually, yes. but um, I would I would say that. Uh... <laughs> Ouch! Uh, I'm not with Mark, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm digging my hole a little bit deeper here. Um, no, I mean, there's no you know, there's no hiding the fact that it is predominantly male. Right. What I will say is, woodworking together is a new show that's supposed to be coming out. So contact your local PBS stations and. Uh, request that 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 show be played because uh, that's how that whole PBS thing works. But the show is actually hosted by a friend of mine, Gail O'Rourke, 
And believe it or not, Gail is the one of the uh, new authors and writers who's going to be submitting some articles on Wood Talk Online. Yay, that's right. I've seen her yeah. picture over at the uh, uh, the new website, the new uh-huh. Fangled website. The new Fangled website. So she's up there. Search for Woodworking Together on YouTube. You'll find this little, I think it's like a five-minute snippet, and it's uh, just one of the preliminary shows that they filmed. It's very... Um, it's very new Yankee workshop in style. There's a little trip somewhere to look at a sample piece and you get a little history lesson and then they go back to the shop and, and put it together. Now, I, I know Gail. I know some of her work that she's done in the past. She's an amazing woodworker. She's very motivated and does some really uh, excellent projects and she's in business for herself. I mean, she's the real deal. The show is called Woodworking Together and I think the audience of the show is going to be beginning woodworkers and weekend warriors you know like most of us who don't have that much time in the shop every week so you want to get in there and you want to knock a project out in the weekend so that you can have something to show for your effort so i i really think that's where the audience of the show is and be it female or male i don't think that has anything to do with it i think that's what she's aiming for now again it's a five minute snippet i have no idea where the show is going to go and in fact when i talk to gail next i'll probably get some more info on that on some of the other shows that they film but judging from what i've seen it doesn't look like it's going to be like woodworks necessarily it's going to be more like new yankee workshop and i would say perhaps maybe even a little bit uh, you know geared a little bit more toward the beginner even than uh, new yankee workshop is i don't think she's going to get into like crazy complex moldings and things like that um, but cool. it looks like it looks like it's going to be good. And I'm, again, I'm only you know I'm just guessing. I don't really know for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, you know what the bottom line is? It's another woodworking show on TV, and I can never get enough of those. Absolutely. I mean, I I spent hours if I could. Oh wait, yeah, I do spend hours <laughs> looking at them. Uh, whenever the reruns come on, I'm usually like you know taping them and like you know watching them later on. Dan, what are you doing? Yeah. You watching the game? Oh, what game? What are you talking about? It <laughs> What'll be interesting? Up? What'll be interesting to see though is how she's received. You know, because right. I, there's a lot of rumors going around about Norm's you know possible retirement soon and oh. who's who's going to take his place and you know who's going to be the successor and. I don't know. I mean, this show is very new. I mean, she's in the New England area. You know, she's got the accent and everything. So it's it's like a perfect fit as a substitute for the new Yankee workshop. Um, but do we really want another new Yankee workshop or do we want something that's a little bit different? Exactly. You know? so I, I hope she'll be able to put a little bit of, uh, um, you know, perhaps even if I dare say a feminine influence into it so that we get to just see some different stuff. Yeah. I you just know? want to see wood being worked. That's my whole thing. I um, would agree. Yeah, I don't care if your hair is as long as mine or wait, no, mine's not very long. But anyways, <laughs> I don't care if you're as good looking as Matt or not. That's no, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it should it should be cool. So check that out. It's uh, woodworking together. Sweet. Um, and I think we got another another email here. Do we have another email here? And this was from is from Josh, and it says uh, the obligatory accolades on the show. I can't believe I got accolades right. Wow. <laughs> nice. Say hey, new word for you. Yeah, I'm going to write that one down if I could spell it. But anyways, though, my question is about flush trim router bits. What is the point of having different diameters since the point is to make a flush cut rather than cut a dado or grooves uh, of a certain width? Why would you need a a wide bit when you are most likely making a shallow cut? And even if you have a large overhang, a narrow bit would work just about as well. Is it for the mass? Uh, I can understand cutting different cutting lengths, but the diameters confuses me, and I'd like to keep from redundancy in my big collection so I can buy more tools and wood. 
best Josh. All right, I I completely understand that. There there are definitely if you do any search uh, on any type of router bit store, basically you know Woodcraft or Rockler or Highland Work Woodworking wherever. You're mm-hmm. right. There are a whole bunch of different diameters that are out there. Sure. You know, and I, and I was thinking about this. I was trying to trying to come up with a, a reason for it, and I. I can't really come up with a major one other than a lot of times when I've looked at the the wider ones, I think the the cutter width itself, the actual cutting blade is is a little bit wider, you know, in there to kind of compensate for that that wider diameter. And I'm just wondering if maybe this is totally my theory on it the more I'm thinking about it. Um like a, a wider one, obviously you would be taking some more material out of there. Uh but really when it comes down to it, uh, it it seems to me like the wider the blade, the potential there is for a little bit rougher cut. Obviously, it's important to have sure. sharp bits because the sharp bits are going to definitely compensate for any tear out and stuff like that. Any right. any problems with it? Um, do you need all all these different diameters? I don't think so. I think you can easily get away with one or two of them, and it'll handle just about anything you 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 need. Um, but really, that's I really can't think of any other reason. To me, you know, kind of feeding off that wider cutting edge, you know, maybe being a rougher cut, a narrow one, to me it seems to reason then that a narrow one, you could potentially get a finer cut from it. You know, it's right. like the, the difference between a, um, a, uh, a, a a blade with less teeth versus a blade with more teeth. Obviously, less teeth, rougher cut, more teeth, a finer cut. Right. But really, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. I, I, maybe the other thing is simply the fact that you might be able to. You would well. You would obviously be able to get the narrower uh, diameter uh, bit into obviously smaller locations. So it might reason that depending on what you're doing a lot of, the the narrower narrower diameter might actually work out best for you. So maybe. I'm going to kind of guess here, Josh, and say that more or less I think it's just a matter of what projects you're working on and uh, kind of go from there. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much on track with what you're saying. Um, For me, the length of the bit is is much more of a factor than its thickness or diameter. Right. Um, But I do find that the larger diameter ones, typically when you buy a higher quality bit, a mana or white side or one of those higher... Uh, higher quality ones they tend to be the thicker style you know with a larger blade on it so i it's hard to tell you know what actual function the point is if we have to think about it this hard the answer is yeah you can get away with it i can't think of any application that you would absolutely be screwed if all you had was a skinny uh flush trim bit and you know it called for a fat flush trim bit i don't think it would make much difference so you know, I, I think along with the lines of what you're saying, you know, the thing is, if it's a if it's a lower diameter, if it's a you know skinnier bit, I would imagine that would be smoother. Because the other thing is, even at the same RPMs, the blades are going to contact more often because it's a smaller diameter than a uh, you know a larger. Excuse me, I'm just going to burp right in everyone's ear. No. Um, <laughs> it's that hey, we just had some soda. We went on our um, our our daily soda run and oh okay i was just drinking so anyway um <laughs> the larger bit you know it seems like like you said it might be a little bit rougher but it also just like a blade on a table saw that has less teeth that might be a more aggressive way to be able to hog more material away mm-hmm. and not have uh, the other thing is a thicker one if you are taking up that much ma- uh, material it's less chance that it's going to you know sort of bend and and sort of uh, sway out of position a a long skinny bit might actually flex a little bit when you put too much pressure on it at you know a high rate of speed. So, right. um, but ultimately, if you haven't hit a point where you said, "Ooh, I really wish I had that really you know wide diameter bit," then you're probably not missing anything. 
Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I agree about the, the length of it because the more I think about it, I have like a – I think the one – one of them I currently have is like a, uh, a, a quarter-inch diameter, maybe three-eighths, and I have used that one for so many different things. And the only problem I ever run into with it is that, that length, you know, yep. with whatever template I'm working with or say I'm using three-quarter-inch stock and I want to make an absolute duplicate of it. So I'm using that first one as my actual template. So I'm trying to get that in there and everything. And, yeah, I actually do run into more situations. I've used it with, with Pine. I've used it with Ash, and I've never really – had a problem with the smaller diameter so yeah i i, I think we're we're on the right track yeah yeah and i would say oh. you know the other thing is the bigger ones also tend to have larger bearings oh, which yep. you know to me when i'm pushing you know routing is kind of a scary thing sometimes when you're flush trimming like that um when you got this really nice fat bearing on there i feel a little bit confident you know a little bit more confident using that than i would with the standard little bearing that's about a half inch in diameter or three-eighths of an inch in diameter. So, um, sure. yeah, like so, like you said, the mass and the stability. But what I'd probably recommend if you're just stocking up and just put, you know, getting your collection together, I would say for flush trim bits, get a long one and a short one. Yeah. You know, I, I'm doing right now, I've got these uh, eight-quarter legs that I'm trying to flush trim to a template, and I've got to run, you know, up and down both sides. And I've got a really nice, long, flush trim bit that's perfect for it, that covers that entire two-inch thickness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit less than two-inch. And you also want one that's not as big. So start off with a long one and a short one, and also don't forget about the pattern bits. You'll see them referred oh, yeah. to as pattern bits, but they're the ones where the bearing is actually near the base of the bit instead of at the top of the bit. Those are also going to come in handy, especially if you're doing handheld flush trimming operations and you know you're using a template, things like that. Those, eh, you probably want to do the same thing, have a short one and a long one, but those can also be used to cut mortises if you've got a template and you plunge down and you're sort of cleaning out a mortise that way. So sometimes the thickness of those can help depending on how, you know, big of or how, you know, what the dimensions of your actual mortise are. You might want a really skinny one and then one that's a little bit more substantial. Yep. Uh, but, I, but I think that that should give them a pretty good, you know, complement of uh, bits that won't overdo it. But like like anything else, if you haven't needed it, then don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. otherwise you're you're you're, wa- you're going to waste your money if if you worry too much about things that you haven't even had a need for yet. Yep. <laughs> but I, th- I think he he actually knows the answer to the question. He hasn't had a need, and and I think he's right on track. Yep. Uh, how many times have you flipped through a catalog and like, oh, that just looks so great. And then you know you if talk I, yourself into getting it, and then you're like years, you know, a year down the road, you're still like, I haven't even taken it out of the package yet. <laughs> yeah, there's times I look at things in the catalog and I just go, man, I, I really wish I had a pressing need for that because <laughs> yeah. I would buy it, but I yep. don't need it, so I'll just you know save a few bucks. Absolutely, yep, definitely. So All that right. way you can you know spend more time with us. Exactly, spend time Sweet. listening to podcasts, which is yep. how I like to spend my time. Sweet. All, All right. right. Well, I think we're uh, we're good. Looks like we're coming up on our usual time. So I'm thinking maybe we should uh, tell the people that you know if they want to send us like comments, questions, suggestions, um, yes, feedback. We enjoy feedback. You sure. can send those to woodtalkonline at gmail.com. If you want to get on in on the free wood slicer uh, resaw blade from Highland Woodworking, if you'd like to uh, get your name thrown in there, you can send that to wtopromo at gmail.com. And I'll make sure we put that. Oh, we'll put all these uh, emails in there uh, in, in the, uh, the uh, what do you call those? Show notes? That's Show it. notes. That's what I call them. Right, and then there's also the uh, ones that you have for the woodworker, uh, the wood, the wood whisperer, Who are you right. <laughs> and that's uh, twwpromote uh, at gmail dot com. So you can and get your don't forget for the yep, don't forget contest in the subject line because I would like to have my uh, my wieners for dinner. 
<laughs> what? Oh, what? what? Hold I, on. I, I, oh, I, huh? I just I just screwed up the clean rating on the show. Oh man! And now, now and, and remember, ladies, if you want to comment about Mark's uh, remarks, uh, please put a, <laughs> a note in there for Mark. <laughs> yes, I, I will take on any uh, feminist comments you have. Uh, bring it on. Anyway. <laughs> Again, that's to Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it was a good show, and uh, we will see you guys in uh, I don't know what week and a half. Yeah, Maybe just about there. Yeah, so seven, the, 10, 14 days. I don't know something. Yeah, that gives us plenty of time to get ourselves <laughs> in more trouble. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Sweet. until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Take care. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.